So when we were conducting village stability operations in remote areas of Afghanistan, we had to work with a lot of the local leadership, the elders that, that lived in these areas. And that was something that I spent a lot of my time on, was cultivating relationships and mobilizing elders at different levels to participate in this program. One of the challenges that we faced was that because you know Afghanistan, by definition, is an area that is not in love with its government and not in love with the coalition forces that we were part of either. And that's because that country has a long history of being occupied, of different armies moving through there. And frankly, it's just, it, it is so tribal, it is so primal that when you get off the pavement in any direction in that country, just a couple of miles off the one or two paved roads they have, you are literally back in ancient status society where the elders are really the governing body and the government, the central government, occupation forces hold very little regard in the eyes of these informal leaders. But yet we needed these informal leaders and their constituents, their villagers to stand up and push the Taliban and other insurgent groups out of Afghanistan from the bottom up. That was the whole premise. And so in doing that, you know, we had to win them over. We had to bring them in. One of the elders that I worked with a lot was a gentleman named Hero Jabbar, uh, Abdul Rahman Jabbar, nicknamed Hero. And he was highly regarded throughout the entire country. He was a Norzai tribal elder who had mobilized a grassroots campaign against Mullah Omar back in the 90s when the Taliban first came into the country. The Taliban hated him. And, you know, he wasn't crazy about the central government and he wasn't crazy about the, the coalition forces either. But he and I had built a pretty strong relationship. And we talked a lot about him going to the district of Maywand, a very violent, contentious area where he had actually led a grassroots campaigns, uh, campaign in the 90s. We talked about him going back there. That was the, the big ask that I had of him. And it took, a, it took a while. But eventually he decided to go. And I, you know, I told him candidly, I said, you know, I think this is the right thing for your country. I think this is the right thing for what's being built there. And he stopped me. He said, I'm not doing this for your coalition, Scott. I'm not doing this because I trust my government. I'm doing this because I trust you. And boy, that hit me like a, like a ton of bricks, you know, and, um, and he looked me dead in the eyes when he said that. And I saw that again and again and again with our amazing special ops leaders who worked out in these villages where local elders would literally walk their way back from the village to the district center, to the provincial government center, even to the national government, not because they trusted their government, but because they trusted that Green Beret who was living in their village, who had gone to the rooftop, who had fought like he said he would fight, even when no one else joined him up there. And they had built, you know, who helped them farm, who helped them figure out water problems, who administered care to their children and taught them how to, how to do that. They had gone far beyond rapport and now they had built trust. And so local leaders were walking towards the government, again, not because they trusted the government, but because they trusted that Green Beret beside them. 
And it really drove home for me a key principle that is in my book, Game Changers. It is a key principle in my rooftop methodology, which is always put relationships before transactions. Always put relationships before transactions. If you want to get surrounded on purpose, if you want to apply the Lorenzian skill set, if you want to establish rapport with a prospect and turn them into a client, if you want to keep a client for the long term so that loyalty is in place and transactions just spin off that relationship the way they were designed to do with original transactions, if you want to keep your clients when the market tanks and everybody else is bailing, put relationships before transactions. Because in our society today, we have it bass-ackwards. We put the transaction before the relationship. I can get on my phone right now and order a widget off Amazon Prime, and by the time this video's done, a friggin' drone has dropped it off on the front porch. I never saw who it was. I don't know who did fulfillment, and frankly, I don't care. But that's the level of transactions that we have today. We do hundreds, if not thousands, of transactions a day you know, in our personal life. Forget about what we do in our business. Now, in a place like Afghanistan or a status society, that's unheard of to do transactions with someone you don't have a relationship with, right? But, and I'm not knocking it. Having that kind of transactional capacity in our nation is obviously what has led to this crazy capacity economy that we have. However, if you get caught up in that notion and you think that, well, it's just business and that becomes your mantra, trust me, we're still way more primal than we are transactional. And people still buy invest and follow the people they have a relationship with. Yes, we'll buy a widget off Amazon Prime, right? But if it requires risk, if it requires sticking our jugular out, we're gonna go with the people that we trust, with we have a relationship that we believe in, right? And so relationships are the core element. David Knorr says it in his book, Relationship Economics, that relationships are the greatest off-book asset of the business leader. And so what I'm asking you as a business leader is to take an approach that we applied in our community in Special Forces, which is put the relationship before the transaction and it can really change not only how you relate to your customers and the loyalty, but in the growth and in the numbers of revenue growth, I think you'll find yourself winning over more prospects and keeping clients longer. Now, there's a few key principles to this that make that possible. The first one is, I believe it's a mindset shift. You as the leader first have to believe this and buy into this, and then you gotta get your people to believe that the relationship is the asset. This is something that I teach at the Special Forces Schoolhouse, is that I tell those young candidates that are going into special ops the relationship is your greatest asset, right? So when you go down to Paraguay and you're only there for six weeks, that is not the length of your relationship. The length of that relationship is the relationship the United States has had with Paraguay in this kind of capacity with Green Berets since the 60s, right? So that relationship is a precious commodity that must be stewarded and managed. And we've got to believe that and we've got to teach our people that. 
So if you have a young marketer or a young sales rep who is cavalier and casual or transactional in how they treat their people, then they're harming your business. If they don't believe viscerally in their core that the relationship is the asset of the business, right? So that's number one. Number two is then you've got to take the time to identify the key relationships in your arena, right? So if you are on the PT, if you just got elected to the PTA or to the school board, what are the critical relationships that you must rebuild, build, and sustain in order to be relevant and meet your goals? Identify those relationships, whiteboard them. Identify where the tensions are between those potential and existing relationships and needed relationships. Map it out. We've got to be really, really deliberate in understanding our operational environment, our arena. If relationships are the greatest asset, then what are the relationships that I need in order to be relevant, right? Um, And then the third is as you go about repairing, building, and yes, sustaining those relationships as your core asset, you want to do that when risk is low. If you try to do it when risk is high and the stakes are high, they're going to smell you a mile away. They're going to smell you as being transactional. Find out what their goals are, what their pain points are, what keeps them up at night, what they need. Meet that first. And then would it be okay if I talk to you about what our goals are, right? Build that when risk is low. I don't care if it's your kids, your associates, your employees, or a prospect or a long-term client. Once we identify the key relationships, we build it when risk is low and you got to teach your people that as well. Finally, I'll give you a little bonus here, right? If you meet their goals first, you're going to have a hell of a lot better chance of meeting yours. There's this little thing in nature called reciprocity. And if you learn it and you trust it and you authentically and transparently listen to someone's goals and then make an illegitimate effort to meet them, you will be amazed at the exponential return on investment you have in your business and in the relationships you build. It goes counter to what you might feel in this transactional world because no one else is doing it. But if you do, you'll have an edge. And remember, as Alan Weiss, the million dollar consultant says, logic makes people think, emotion makes people act, and relationships are the greatest conductors of emotions. There you have it right there. We're still primal. We still function off relationships. It's currency. Do what no one else does. Put the relationship before the transaction. You can learn how to do that at our October 4 through 6 Rooftop Leadership Live. Also, you can just check out these vlogs right here. We've got podcasts. You should check that out. Make sure you uh, enroll there. Um, there's all kinds of ways to do this, but you've got to put it into action, right? Do what no one else does. Put the relationship before the transaction. Join us at our Rooftop Live, October 4th through 6th at Cedar Kirk. You can enroll right here on our rooftopleadership.com page, and I'll see you on the rooftop.